Great, we good to go? All right, here we go. Hello everyone, my name's Todd Weatherby. I'm with Amazon Web Services. I lead our professional services organization uh, based on our headquarters in Seattle, Washington. I wanna welcome you here today to this session. I'm joined by Dale Wiggins from Phillips Healthcare. He's going to, uh, we are going to give you a, an overview of a great solution we've been building together uh, between our companies and our teams over the last uh, 18 months or so. And uh, it's specifically about applying IoT and analytics related technology into the healthcare industry. I'm particularly proud to be up here with Dale because it's a representation of our companies working together. We found that our two companies have a lot uh, in common or a lot of good alignment in terms of the culture, in terms of the, the strategy and how we think about business opportunities enabled by technology. And this project we're gonna talk to you about, this solution that we're gonna talk to you about is one instance where we've gotten together, put our teams together, and creating something new that uh, builds on our strengths of our companies, takes advantage of an opportunity in the industry, looks to serve a need for consumers and for the healthcare industry at the same time, and does it in a pretty innovative and robust way that we think is gonna last well into the future. So with that, we're gonna get into uh, a lot of the business aspects of it. Dale's gonna walk you through, and then we're gonna explain the technology and how it came together. And we also have a little time at the end for you to ask questions. So with that, uh, I want to introduce Dale. Dale, if you want to explain your company and your role, and, and then we'll get into the materials. Great. Thanks, Todd. So as Todd said, I'm Dale Wiggins. Uh, I work for Philips, um, head of the uh, HealthSuite digital platform, which is basically the, the cloud enablement of, for Philips, um, not only in healthcare, but across our business uh, to get into the cloud and really uh, disrupt some of our internal businesses. We're also working with uh, some select partners in terms of uh, bringing that expertise and experiences uh, to, uh, to their industries as well. So I'm based out of uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. I got a global team um, really uh, throughout the world, big development team in India, as well as uh, Netherlands, uh, West Coast and East Coast of, of the US. So maybe to give you a little bit of uh, flavor for what we're gonna talk about today, um, First, I always like to start with kind of putting things in, con in context. You know, what's, what's the reason of being? Why, you know, it's not, this isn't just technology. You really need a purpose in life. So I really want to start with that. Um, why is IoT important to all of us and our health? Um, then we're going to get into the solution aspect. What is it that we integrated these new IoT capabilities to? And then we're going to get into some of the details into the, the architecture of the specific IoT solution that collectively we built. Okay? Yeah, I want to ask real quick uh, of the audience, how many of you here are in the healthcare industry, your company? Okay, excellent. Thanks. Very cool. I think that, that answer is changing quite a bit as you will. I mean, what, what we used to consider healthcare, very changing. So let's tee up the problem. I actually teed up, I think, one of these cases last year when I was on stage at the, the IoT kickoff. And I talked about, all right, look left, look right, one of the three of you are gonna have cancer in your life. Unfortunately, none of that has changed. We're all getting older. You can see for yourself, you can read it here, just the, the dramatic numbers about the numbers of us that are going to be living with chronic disease in our lives if we aren't already. The population is aging. 
I think 20% of the world's population, I think by 2035, is going to be over, over uh, 50 years old, 60 years old, actually. So we can't continue to practice medicine the way that it traditionally has. It just won't work. I think we, we're all facing this problem. There's a shortage of caregivers. We're spending too much money. Something's got to change. But if you look at it, I was going to test this audience and say, okay, how many of you think that you're healthy? But I thought maybe that might get a little bit too, too dicey. But there's, there's actually an organization called the Future Health Index that actually surveyed Americans. 84% of us think that we're in good health. The interesting thing is when you ask that same question to healthcare professionals, you see it here, dramatically lower. But if you even go down a step further and say physicians, the people who would really, really should know, it's only 10%. Sounds like a good opportunity to me, and I think at an Amazon conference you're always looking for opportunities. So, okay, let's tee it up. There's good news. This same organization found that 63% of, of us, the general population, think that connected technology can help, can help improve our lives. And even a larger percentage of clinicians believe that. Again, another really good opportunity to me. So let's kind of take a step back and let's look at some other industries. And think about why or why, you know, how can this apply to healthcare? Let's talk about music. Today, I can take my music anywhere. It's customized to what I want. It can be disconnected. There's analytics that run in the background to identify new songs that I might like to listen to. I can share it with anybody. I can choose what I share, to share what I don't share. And it's all delivered to me real time. Let's look at the finance industry. Real time transactions are automatically updated. I can engage with a number of different platforms at any time. I can, you know, my daughter's in college. She asks me for money all the time. I go to an app and I just click it. It's far too easy for her to, get, to request money. But totally different platforms, totally different banking systems. It all just works and it's all automatically updated at any one point in time. Why is healthcare not like that? Why is it when I took my father to his physical therapy appointment after he was discharged to the hospital in the exact same hospital system, they had no record of him. They didn't know about his surgery that he had three weeks ago. They didn't even know about the surgery that he was just discharged from two days ago. They didn't have any of the history together. That should be the easy stuff. But then let's talk about the other things. Okay, now fortunately he's into rehab. Wouldn't it be good to, to be able to measure his activity, to be able to measure his, his weight, to be able to measure his fluids, his calories, et cetera? and really pull that together into a, you know, always on uh, quantitative self type of environment and really figure out what we can do with all of that data going forward. So now I want to 
kind of, I've done a little bit of talking. Let's look at a video that we put together to look at a very specific, I'll call it solution set, that I think really kind of shows you the benefit of what you can do when you start to tie together all of these devices and tie it into a holistic solution around a very specific um, episode in, in our lives. Every stage of the parenting journey has its joys and challenges. UGRO offers advice and insights based on your baby's individual needs. We help reassure new parents that they're making the best decisions for their baby. The smart feeding kit measures every feed, so everyone can stay involved. Our trackers provide insight into sleep patterns and growth curves. Our smart thermometer lets you share essential information with your doctor. Our smart air purifier keeps baby's room in the best conditions for healthy sleep, allowing you to rest easy too. Innovation and you. Philips. So quick example of what, as I said, one very specific point in our lives in terms of how you can bring that, that, bring that forward, tie in together both your own devices as well as third-party devices to really make that a, a holistic solution for your, for your end, um, end customers. But all across healthcare, we're seeing really dramatic innovations take place that's really all centered around data, uh, personal health tracking, uh, we, st we had solutions uh, really going back several years ago where we measured a person's uh, blood pressure, their weight, and put it, turned it into a uh, complete holistic uh, care program. Those are continuously growing, tying in fitness tracking, et cetera. Insurers are getting into the game now where they give you incentives to, to keep your activity levels going. Looking at the imaging space, uh, changing dramatically both in terms of the data volumes but what you can do with the data. AI is really playing into that so that we can really uh, automatically analyze those images, do comparisons, and, and, and really get e even into the diagnosis. Um, um, I'm not going to go through all of these things, but genetics, tying that in both uh, uh, not only into the genetics, but also, also the pathology of the, some of the diseases and the, uh, the tumors is really bringing us new insights that really can be only be enabled if we have access to the data in a true contextual manner. Dale, yeah, this is a global thing too, right? You're a global company and, and there's some things that are the same around the world, but some things that are different. You wanna talk a little bit about how Philips thinks about it, this thing on the globe? Yeah, excellent, excellent point, Todd. So, yeah, as you said, um, and let's let's look at cancer. Um, we work with a number of the leading cancer institutes um, in the United States. Um, even within the United States, MD Anderson and Dana Farber don't have the exact same ways of, of practicing medicine. You know, some of my uh, uh, physician friends and, and family like to remind me that, you know, there's a reason why they call it practice. Um, it's, it's not, uh, there still is a lot of discovery and, and based upon drugs, regulations, et cetera, in each of the, uh, 
in each of the markets, your solution has to be able to adapt accordingly. So, but I think, you know, that's a good question because across that wide, you know, spectrum of, of, of customers, there's a lot of common needs. Um, so this slide just kind of says, okay, looking at all the stakeholders that those of us in healthcare um, talk to every day, they have unique needs. But what I see when I look at this slide, it all boils down to one thing. They all need access to data. And that's really where I think with it, we have partnered and that's really a key element of what I see going forward. So I'm not gonna go into the, the complete solution set that we provide as part of uh, our health suite platform. Um, we're gonna really drill down into what we call connect here, but these are the common set of services that we, we see as a common pattern across um, our various businesses within Philips and the companies that we work with. Um, doesn't mean that they use all of them, but this is kind of the superset that we see that, that uh, need to be brought together to really bring out this, the solutions that we see in the, uh, in the healthcare continuum. Um, in the Connect space, um, this was an area, it's an, it's an IoT device cloud-based solution that we've had for, for quite some time, but fundamentally, we knew that it was not um, scalable enough. It was not, um, it, it had some technology debt that we did not think was going to take us into the future. And so that is really where we started to say, okay, you know, how can we partner? How can we, we really recreate, re-innovate in this area to um, enable the solutions that we feel need to be brought forward in the, you know, the next uh, decade or so? So, Ian, why don't I turn it over to you here? Yeah, this is a little bit of a summary about the kinds of things that our teams at AWS get asked or get involved in with customers like Philips and Dale. Uh, it used to be, what is the cloud? Why would I use it? Now it's all the how questions. Now it's how do these features work? How, how, does, how do we create a platform out of this? How do we uh, implement it? How do we operate it? How do we architect it? How much does it cost? How fast can we go? All the how questions. And so that's when we met Dale and he was evaluating their, their partnership opportunities and the platform choices and so forth. And we got in and engaged as a team and spent some time together on the how part. And in fact, in that project, we uh, got our teams together and the role that AWS played in that project team initially was around proof of concept to make sure that we were showing that this was viable uh, solution to the business problem that Dale's explained. And then we got the teams together on the architecture and we started to lay in the foundation for continuous deployment so that we could make sure they were set up to innovate quickly over time. And then we started to layer the solution on top. One of the things that I found most interesting in the engagement was about architecting this from the beginning as a modern cloud native solution with microservices architecture and making sure that was built with a full IoT platform end to end. So at Amazon at AWS, we have IoT services, we have analytics and data lake services, but a lot of it is tools and components as you know, and to bring them together in a solution in a, in a case like this, takes a little stitching, takes a little, a little development. And so we got involved in building uh, five of the microservices that are part of this, uh, things like the firmware updates, things like the authentication authorization, 
uh, other things to do with the pulling this solution together end to end and making sure that the data could come back through, the analysis could happen and turn it into good business services for Philips. And so that's the role that, that we played at professional services. We actually, what you may not know, was that we at Amazon have the ability to work together with customers like Dale and Phillips in a, a, a high-touch relationship, a high-touch partnership, and build out the technical work, build out the commercial work, and then build out the, the business partnership to go to market together. And so that's, that's how we put those teams together. We had people working in Europe as well as in the States. We had people working back at our headquarters and theirs, engineering level and business. And that's what brought us to where we are today. I want to talk a little bit more about how you went through that decision process, Dale. When you, you started to say that when you got into it, you got your vision put together, you got your market opportunity identified, and you said, boy, we're going to need a partnership, we're going to need a platform. But what were some of the key steps you went through to make that decision? Yeah, yeah, thanks, Todd. So as I said, we built our first IoT platform over 10 years ago. At the time, we built it um, primarily for our television business um, in, in Philips. Um, and then as we spread, it, it serves our, served our uh, audio video uh, business, uh, ultimately Hugh, our light bulb business with Hue Lighting, um, really crossed all of Philips. So we have over 11 million uh, devices connected uh, to it today um, that we actively serve. So, and, and it's all over the globe. So that kind of, you know, put us into, all right, we can't do a startup type engagement. It's got to be uh, uh, scalable on day one. It has to be globally scalable on day one. It has to meet price points that scale from toothbrushes all the way to MRI machines. It needs to be able to deliver to an SLA that corresponds to the requirements associated with toothbrushes to MRI machines. And so to, to be honest, you know, that and our experience with AWS already kind of naturally led us to AWS. But, you know, as we all know, IoT is a very competitive space as well. There were some unique aspects that we had um, um, or that we saw with, with AWS that weren't just check the box on all those other things. And the, the two things that I would, would point out would be, um, one is when we look at some of these very difficult healthcare use cases, such as pulling pathology images into the cloud, um, genomics, et cetera, um, we believe that AWS is really unique in terms of abil the ability to really scale up to meet those, those requirements. And it really gets into some of the nuances in terms of how you manage the buckets and the ultimate size that you need. Um, but um, ultimately, it's uh, don't be fooled by, <laughs> by some of the other claims. Um, the other area that I thought was really unique um, that was launched last year, I, I believe, was, was what Amazon is doing with their Snowball solution. Because we see a, still see a lot of needs for supporting disconnected operations. Um, you, you always can't rely on that network being around, but to be able to deliver to some of those SLA requirements, 
you need to be able to, to operate in that, that state of uh, disconnect. Um, so being able to bring that same cloud environment to the premise is really important to us as well. Dale, I think the uh, audience might find it interesting have you talk a little bit about how you're thinking about cutting over. You mentioned 11 million devices, not all of them in our healthcare, but when we fire this thing up, we've built a cutover process together. I bet they're going to be interested in that. I know I was when I first learned about it. Can you talk just a little bit about the cutover? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, it's not just um, you know flip a switch. Um, a lot of them, um, you know, have uh, devices you know in the field that can't be um, uh, upgraded. Um, so uh, you know, ultimately, we're we're going to be supporting a lot of those devices for for quite some time. But what we've been working with uh, with Todd and and his team on is engaging with these companies in terms of how do we show them the benefits of moving to this platform? You know, and those benefits can take, uh, take place of, in a lot of different ways. We can bring them cost benefits. We can bring them SLA benefits. We can bring them global scale benefits. Um, we have a lot more capabilities in terms of what we've integrated in with a broader set of health suite services that ultimately we believe is a, is a much more valuable proposition to those businesses in terms of what they can do. And by working with Todd's team, we can quickly get them to realize those benefits, get it into market uh, in, a, in a very short period of time. One of the other things that we did together was that as Dale and the team taught us about their industry-specific requirements for IoT and the architecture to support it, we took a lot of those and brought those back into the AWS engineering teams and our service teams to build out the broadly horizontally available uh, features that you see today and that you'll see in the future. And so that was another part of this partnership was to work in that way. Uh, there are industry specific things and proprietary things that Dale and his team want to keep and own and so forth. Uh, but there are pieces also that we pulled back in into our engineering team to build out the broader platform. And, and uh, we like to work that way whenever we can. And I really appreciate the way that worked together. Um, let's go ahead and show the folks the, the video. We, uh, we have a series that we do, you may be familiar with, called This Is My Architecture. And we got a couple of the architects together, and they're going to go through a short description of it that's a little bit more technical than what we'll be able to do, and uh, may answer some of your questions about how this is put together. Welcome to This Is My Architecture. My name is Atul from AWS. I have with me Srini from Philips Healthcare. Srini, can you talk to us how you used completely serverless architecture to build this next generation device cloud? Thanks for having me here, Atul. Device cloud core tenants of agility, scale, security, allows us to actually use paper use model, like platform as a service. So the devices actually use REST services through the API gateway and MQTT pub sub subscription through the IoT gateway. Nice. So security is an important tenant uh, in AWS. <laughs> Every application we insist have strong security. Can you talk to us how you implement authentication and authorization for communication between your devices and API gateway as well as 
IoT gateway. Yeah. So security is very key. And what is another key for us is both our devices as well as users authenticate through single HSTP identity access management. So the requests coming through the API gateway use custom authorizer as well as the MQTT uh, sub subscriptions also go through a custom authorizer, both introspect to HSDP IAM, the, uh, validating the permissions and generating the policies that either allow them or deny the request forwarding to the business lambda. Makes sense. I like how you consistently authenticate requests coming from both API gateway as well as IoT endpoints. You have been using serverless pretty extensively in this architecture. Did you face any challenges with serverless architecture? No servers means no challenges. That's nice. not entirely true. But um, all our APIs are fire compliant and uh -huh. we had to create, uh, based on Swagger specification, we had to create custom mappings onto the API gateway. From the beginning, we had CI, CD and automation uh, as our core tenant, and we have used CloudFormation that not only just deploys the business lambdas, but also allows us to orchestrate in creation of S3 buckets, IoT rules, and all of this driven by configurations. Makes sense, nice. True to the spirit of uh, microservices, your services are completely self-contained. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about how your services are organized? So device cloud consists of many microservices. All mm -hmm. these microservices are self-contained with mm -hmm. cloud formation templates, bootstrapped mm -hmm. with their own data that mm -hmm. allows us to do unit testing and as well as component testing. Mm -hmm. And all of this driven by the configurations which allow us to take this set of microservices mm -hmm. from one region to another region deploying in minutes. Makes sense, nice. Uh, Srini, thanks for sharing, us, sharing with us the architecture of Philips Device Cloud. Looking forward to see what this next generation device cloud is able to do, leveraging the power of AWS. This is my architecture. Thank you. So I think I might have sold, sold us short. We could have done that, don't you think? We I, I, I definitely think we could have. It's just when somebody asks questions that yeah, I think we, we, we fall apart real quick. A couple of years ago, we had somebody stand on a big stage here at AWS reInvent and said a, a quotable thing like, uh, friends don't let friends build data centers. But I think we might have just had another one. The, what do you say? No servers is no problems or no challenges. Yeah, yeah sure. Like that. Yeah, yeah. I thought that no was problem. pretty good, too. Um, there was one thing that was in there that, uh, that went by pretty quickly, Dale, that I want to talk about because I think it's probably on the minds of people in the healthcare industry. And it's the regulatory piece. The, there's a reference to the fire certification that needed to be uh, dealt with in here. And Srini mentioned it pretty quickly. Could you explain what that is and how that played out? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's interesting because you asked me the question before and I thought you were talking about a different data store. But um, I, I know, now I see the context. So um, one, one of the key services that we provide within the broader HealthSuite platform is a clinical data repository that is a complete implementation of the FHIR standard. So for those of you that have been following healthcare, that's kind of an, an emerging standard. It's now in the third version um, to, to basically standardize how you represent uh, clinical data across the healthcare enterprise. It's a very robust uh, uh, way. I, I see it as a, a very good evolution of the HL7 
based standards um, and, and FHIR is HL7 based. Um, but it's actually implementable that I think will we'll truly bring, bring about uh, or hopefully bring about true plug and play interoperability. So we, this is really a core tenant, uh, core capability of the broader platform. And obviously you have to have uh, compliant APIs to that database that comply with FHIR. So we had a choice. Well, we have a lot of other APIs in the system. So we wanted to provide a consistent experience to developers utilizing the platform. So we use this same FHIR style APIs across our platform. And that is what Sereni is specifically referring to in, in that context. Got it. Were there any other regulatory or privacy concerns? You mentioned security a bunch of times. Is there anything else you want to talk about there? Oh, yeah. It's, um, you know, anybody's in healthcare, you got to worry about the privacy of the data. Um, those of us in the US know the HIPAA regulations that we need to adhere to. AWS is very familiar with it as well. You certify specific solutions. Um, what we did within um, HealthSuite was that we, um, we developed a complete um, information security management system that is audited. And um, it's, it's both audited according to ISO standards as well as um, uh, certified against HIPAA regulations and other regulations that um, we, we feel are important to ensure that anything that we bring into the platform is compliant with those standards. So that one of the advantages in terms of working at a, a higher um, platform as a service layer like we provide with HealthSuite um, Health is you don't have to worry about looking at some of the underlying services and technologies to, to see whether or not um, they are going to be compliant with HIPAA and all these other various regulations. So ultimately it just brings it up a, a lot higher level in terms of where you deal with the regulations. Very good. Um, you mentioned things uh, that you're looking forward to, new opportunities, without sharing your whole roadmap uh, and giving in secrets away. Um, yep. Do you want to talk about some general categories of things that uh, you're thinking about in the future? I know you mentioned some activity around the edge. You mentioned some things with analytics. What else are you thinking about that's uh, opportunity next? Yeah, speaking of not giving, giving away uh, futures, I think there's going to be a, an interesting uh, presentation tomorrow, if I, I remember another one with uh, AWS and Philips, um, kind of a, a next version of what uh, Srini and uh, Atun were talking about, to talk about some of the more details around what is in, in a complete IoT solution. Um, so unfortunately, we can't get into that today, but you know, kind of as a teaser to look in your uh, agendas and look for, uh, for that presentation. But, um, to, to me, there's a lot of, or there's two specific areas of opportunities I would, I would talk to. So across, you know, healthcare enterprises worldwide, there are a ton of devices out there. Many of them are connected. Many of them are just sometimes connected. And we as businesses, don't do a great job of managing those devices, of getting data out of them securely. Um, there's you know, a lot of security issues that happen uh, every day in the healthcare enterprise, so I think there's, there's an awful lot that we can do there. 
So I, I would say that the first thing I would point to is that both with Phillips as well as um, open invitation to work with you is bring these capabilities forward to work on, number one, getting those devices better connected to get more data out of them. When you get the data out of them, it brings new opportunities to manage those devices more effectively. Um, we've, we launched a new solution uh, last year um, at RSNA this time that we call Performance Bridge, where we suck data all of, out of our modalities all the time. And then we do back-end analytics on them um, to do proactive maintenance. I think those are some of the things that we can bring to the industry that can help to bring down the costs of, of healthcare. I think we all have a, a, a role to play in, in addressing, you know, we're all spending too much money in healthcare. It's not going to just all come about because we live better lives. I think there's a lot we can do to bring, about, bring down the costs of, of healthcare as well. So I would kind of phrase those as operational things. Um, but then I think the more, um, I'll call exciting things, are the, the things that we talked about at the start of this presentation. How can we help each other live better lives by turning us into always on uh, human beings? So that we're pulling the data, so that we combine the data from all the various care episodes that, um, that uh, we encounter in our daily lives, and ultimately use the data to innovate. Um, as I often say, my job is the easy part because within Philips, I'm just the enabler. I just need to allow somebody to get data from point A to point B, put it into a normalized format, put it into, feed it into an algorithm that, that smart people develop, feed it into a, a Hadoop-based platform so that really smart data scientists can ultimately figure out the next wave of medicine. So. Those are, to me, the big things. And I think uh, by, by working with Todd's team, um, we got a great opportunity to kind of spread that expertise, spread that experience to a much broader community. Because I'm a true believer that um, healthcare is not going to be solved by Philips or Philips and one party. It's really going to be a collective community. And we all need to work together to be able to bring the data together to enable the, the caregivers of the world to uh, bring sol better solutions to customers. Thanks. I agree. I, I think there's big opportunity to use that data in managing devices, but then also just the video of the, of the parenting thing there. You think about all the services you can bring just in that scenario, let alone all the others. Uh, so you've talked today about how, what the opportunity is, what your solution offers, and how we're uh, going to take it out to market. Um, if, uh, if somebody's in the audience that's interested, we've prepared some materials for you that, that are out here. These slides, of course, get published through the, the reInvent machine, and that'll be out there. Uh, Dale and I will be up here afterward to uh, take any questions you have as well. But uh, all this material is going to be out there for you to get, get in touch with us and maybe use it to your advantage. Um, Dale, who are the different types of, what are the different types of companies and types of businesses that you think might be able to use this solution. Because I think what we saw up there were some specific use cases, but then it really is more of a general purpose platform. How broad do you think it can go? What kind of companies might, uh, might see value from this? 
Yeah, so it's a great question. And, you know, it's something I struggle with because you never want to, um, you know, cut or cut off an opportunity. Um, the fact of the matter is that, you know, we have, as I mentioned earlier, everything from toothbrushes to light bulbs to MRI machines connected today. That's a pretty broad area. But, you know, as I mentioned, we are focused. Our information security management system is focused on ensuring that the data meets various ISO and HIPAA standards. Um, so, you know, I think our target market are businesses that need to provide that additional level of, of scrutiny that ultimately needs to have a, an operational um, management uh, system that, that is going to be able to comply with those regulations. Yeah, I like to think of the opportunity for some of you perhaps as a, a platform and a solution that would save you a whole lot of time from having to build your own that then is extensible into different device types, different industry scenarios and so forth. And then, of course, the data and analytics that would be specific to your industry uh, would all be there to, to create some of the magic that Dale talked about. So with that, that's the end of our prepared materials. Um, you saw our email addresses up there. We'll be hanging around. Uh, we wanted to have a chance for some of you to ask questions live here. It's always a big adventure when we do that. But um, interested in any questions anyone might have uh, for Dale or myself. There's one way in the back. Are we doing microphones? There's Ian right there with a the microphone. So if you'd wait just a second, it'd be great so that everyone can hear you. So if you started uh, doing IoT items about 10 years ago with the television and have now moved into healthcare, you must have a massive amount of data. What is Philips doing with that data on the back end? And are you using that in any way to help shape what you're looking at moving forward? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a great question. Um, so unfortunately, 10 years ago, we didn't have the foresight to think about, wow, that's a lot of data we could capture and, and we could actually make money off of that. So um, the, the reality is uh, we didn't do a lot of, a lot of that data. And you know, in, in healthcare, um, a, a lot of the data is owned you know, by the hospitals, um, per se. So um, it, it's an active area now that we're looking at. Um, you know, you always got to be very careful in terms of, you know, what are your rights to that data? And I, I think, you know, one of the things that, that we as a company feel very strongly about is, is that, that data ownership. And so, you know, we don't, you know, within, within a health suite, for instance, I don't make any claims on the data at all. It's really the, the higher level businesses that need to have those agreements with the customers. And ultimately, what you do with that data is, is constrained by that end agreement with the end user. But think about like a company like Fitbit or somebody like that. They have yep. a ton of all that data. They can strip out all the personal information, anything associated with that, and still be able to say, oh, the the American public is healthier or they're less healthy, right? Like that's what you should be doing is using, not that I'm telling you how to run Philips or anything, yeah. but looking at it on the back end and using analytics like a, a Watson or something that can run through that data and spit something out that is able to power that. And, and you could even write stories. I mean, there's generation of being able to use that data on that end too. It's just, 
you guys have amassed and you're global, you just have probably this huge repository of big data, which is the next step of what the heck do we do with all this stuff that we've been able to collect because Amazon's able to scale so quickly? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're exactly right. And, and I do a disservice because my job, as I, as I mentioned, is to be the enabler. Over in Chicago right now, there's, there's a lot more Phyllis people that are at the Radiology Society North America conference talking about a lot of those exact same use cases in terms of what they are doing with their data, AI on top of images, um, uh, AI that we're doing based upon that data in conjunction with our customers. So I completely agree with you, and we aren't ignoring it. There's a lot of, a lot of Phyllis businesses are doing it. Is, is Health Suite a product that you're licensing, or is that just an internal product you're using? So I, I wouldn't say licensing it. We provide it as a service. So just like you can consume AWS services, you can consume um, HSDP services. So you can go um, hsdp.io, give you a flavor for, for what, we, what we offer, how you would consume those services. Um, if you're interested in talking about that, love to talk with you. Thank you for those questions. Are there any more questions? There's one. So with a new platform, you, you must be going through some of the early adoption questions. How are you monitoring adoption of the new services with both internal to Philips and external groups? And how's it going? What have been the biggest success stories or, or challenges? Yeah, so um, yeah, it's a great, great question. We, we certainly do that. You know, basically what, what we do is, um, you know, obviously we have SLAs, we monitor uptimes, you know, at all times. Um, we, use, um, uh, we use Slack internally and, and externally in terms of a message, a way of, of doing real-time communication with developer to developer to answer those questions uh, very quickly during our onboarding process. We have a 24 by 7, you know, ops team, and support team to support them going live. Uh, you know, basically everything that you need to do to, to ensure a successful engagement. Um, some of the things that, that we have learned um, is it's a big paradigm jump. You know, serverless architectures, um, cloud is, is a very, very difficult when you come from a company that all the developers are used to workstations and client-server computing. And um, I, I would say that's, that's been our biggest challenge um, from a technical side, is really getting developers through the, those early learning curve of, of how do you do things fundamentally different um, you know, in this environment. I think from a, a business standpoint, I think the biggest learnings are how do you, um, how do you factor in the cost of connectivity? Um, I, I remember when I first started this, this, this uh, journey uh, three years ago, one of the businesses that I started talking with, I said, so, so what price point do I need to, to, to hit? You know, what, what, are you, what are you going to be able to pay um, for um, health suite services? And they had no idea. Their, their answer was, well, we don't know. We just know that it needs to be connected. And, I was really, you know, kind of taken aback by that, but I still see, I still see and hear that today, is that people haven't fundamentally thought about how you ultimately 
turn this into new revenue? How do you turn this into cost savings? Uh, fundamentally, there needs to be a business case for what you're doing there. And I think you know, that was a great question before. You know, taking advantage of the data is a great way to think about the revenue. But you know, that doesn't materialize overnight. So the business case is, is, is I think, a, a very difficult question. Just to build on that, I think there is another dimension, which is the operational model of it and getting that set up, yeah. the device onboarding that you alluded to earlier, and then how does, how does the end customer of all this, what is their responsibility in the model versus the health suite model and the AWS underneath that. So there's a process we've got set up for that onboarding and the operational implementation, uh, the management and monitoring of all those devices as they come up. Um, that's another part of the, uh, the yeah. there are metrics and counts with that as well as we can show that adoption. Okay, great. Anything else? All right, got them all. All right, well, thank you very much. Again, we're going to be hanging around a little bit. We appreciate your coming today. We appreciate your being here this week. Hopefully this was useful to you. Uh, thanks for your time. Thanks.